Hello and welcome to another episode of Full Court Finance here at Zacks. I'm your host, Ben Rains. Today we're taking a look at three stocks to consider buying now for long-term growth potential. And those three stocks are Jinko Solar, Global Foundries, and Dexcom. But before we get into everything, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And make sure to check out our new zax.com slash promo page for a look at some of our services, portfolios, and more. So before we jump into these three stocks that uh, might be worth buying right now for long-term growth, we're going to do a quick market overview to kind of give a sense of why we're looking at these three stocks particularly. Uh, so the big retailers reported earlier this week, we had Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and they really kind of helped illuminate the current state of the American consumer and then really the current state of the economy since consumer spending accounts for so much of the U.S. economy. So Walmart showcased resilience in the face of slowing growth uh, with investors particularly pleased that their inventory setbacks seem to be in the rear view. Uh, also, more of their business is relying on kind of everyday items that people need where Target suffered pretty badly uh, after it posted disappointing results and said it might have weak holiday sales. And as I said, Target has more of that discretionary spending that they rely on, which is what our consumers are cutting back on. But then we also saw Home Depot and Lowe's both report really well, which despite all this slowdown in the home sales market, uh, enough people bought homes within the last several years. And now with rates so high, people are staying put. So that means people are still doing lots of home improvement projects. So that's kind of a big overview of the broader consumer spending in the U.S. And then we saw NVIDIA report earlier this week. That's kind of the big tech name that reported as the earnings season wraps up. Uh, the company's sales were down 17% year over year, even though its data center business uh, tried to help make up for its uh, lagging consumer spending segment, which is that just tech products. Uh, the gaming space, stuff like that. Uh, and Wall Street's still, though, really far from convinced that NVIDIA and the historically broader chip space are out of the woods. But one of the players we're going to look at today is operating in a different space, and it's already bounced back in a big way. Uh, so that gives a sense of where that sector is as well. And then overall, for the broader earnings season, uh, we're pretty much near the end of it. So overall, Zach's data is expecting... Q3 earnings to be up 1.5% on 11.6% higher revenue. That said, the, the picture would look a little bit worse, well, actually a lot worse if it weren't for the booming oil and energy sector. And looking ahead overall to 2023, which is what Wall Street's really nervous about at the moment, that estimates are going to continue to go down. Uh, the aggregate total is down about 8% from its peak back in April, but still overall S&P 500 earnings are projected to be up 3.1% in 2023 on 2.7% higher revenue. So this doesn't scream massive economic downturn or recession. Obviously things can change, but uh, that's a solid figure there. And then this is expected to follow up about 4.9% earnings growth this year on 10.1% stronger sales. And then overall, uh, Wall Street's still trying to determine if the Fed could be able to take its foot off the gas in terms of raising interest rates. Uh, we saw that big rally after the October CPI came in, slightly better than expected and showed some signs of cooling inflation. It was nothing game-changing, but Wall Street really seemed to think it was. So we saw uh, Treasury yields slip uh, from their peaks on that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe the next big catalyst for the market will probably be the November CPI release and the December FOMC meeting. 
where we'll get to see kind of what the Fed's going to do with its next raise and then what it is forecasting for 2023. So with this as the backdrop, we're going to take a look at three stocks that still present really long-term growth potential uh, that are worth considering right now uh, for buyers at the moment. So the first stock we're looking at is Jinko Solar, which trades in the ticker J. KS. It is one of the largest solar panel manufacturers on the planet. It makes various types of solar panels geared toward different aspects of the market. So the company sells offerings to residential customers for their roofs, as well as high-performance systems for localized industrial and commercial energy production. So a big corporation's office building or a factory having solar panels on your own roof or right on your property. And then they also sell their PV panels to larger energy and electricity, like, excuse me, electricity producers. Uh, so the, all the different segments of the solar panel industry. The company boasted more than a million homes around the world have already been fitted with their PV panels. And the company's overall benefited from a big internal push from the Chinese government to boost solar panel production in the U, uh, in the country and sell it all around the world. And they're also now selling lots of these panels in China as well. So that could be a big growth market down the road. Uh, the company's established a pretty nicely vertically integrated manufacturing process to help lower its cost of producing these complicated and really high-tech panels. Uh, the company also boasts that it has 14 total global production bases in the U.S., China, Malaysia, Vietnam. And so production outside of China is going to be huge as the tensions continue to rise between the U.S. and the world's second largest economy. So that's important that they're able to make solar panels outside of China. Uh, the company's uh, grown its revenue at a really impressive clip over the last decade and a rather steady pace as well. Uh, the company post or topped our Q3 earnings estimates in early November as global module shipments doubled year over year. The company is also successfully boosting its production efficiency and rolling out more efficient panels, which is going to be really key to the long-term growth of the industry. The company's profitability also improved sequentially in Q3 with its gross margin up 100 basis points to about 16%. And analysts then raced to boost their estimates following that strong quarter. That was at the end of October which is really no easy task amid the current economic environment. So Zach's estimates are calling for its 2022 revenue to jump 69% to about 6.3 billion or from 6.3 billion, excuse me, to 10.7 billion. And this would come on top of 20% growth last year. And then we're calling for another 30% sales growth in 2023. So really big years, both this year and next on top of a steady decade of growth. Uh, and then on the bottom line, adjusted earnings are projected to soar 116% in 2022 to $3.67 per share and then climb another 70% higher in 2023. And its consensus EP estimates that we just factored in are up big since its last report, especially for 2023. And that helps it grab a Zach's rank number one strong buy right now. The company's growth outlook is Obviously impressive as the solar industry gains momentum in the U.S., China, in Europe, and beyond. With that in mind, the stock has climbed about 10% in 2022, yet it still trades well off its summer highs, which gives the stock plenty of upside potential. Overall, the stock has soared about 240% in the past three years to crush the broader Zach solar industry's 170% climb. And the value is really there for this stock. So the stock trades at 8.7 times forward 12-month earnings, 
this is a huge discount to the broader solar industry, which is trading at about 44 times earnings. And this is well even below the S&P 500's 17.5, and it's a 20% discount to its own five-year median. So with Jinko Solar, you're getting that growth runway for the whole solar industry with shares that are trading at value levels. I will point out that uh, I bought this stock as part of a new Zacks trading service, the newest Zacks trading service that debuted earlier this week, and that is the Alternative Energy Innovator. So just wanted to put out there that I do have uh, this stock in one of the new portfolios. So I do think there's really nice long-term upside. And now we're going to move on to another company that has long-term upside potential within an industry that's never going to go out of style, and that is Global Foundries, trades on ticker GFS. Semiconductors uh, are one of the backbones of the modern economy, along with energy, like we just talked about. So this is why the U.S. is increasingly focused on onshoring more chip manufacturing, especially as the world's largest manufacturer of chips, Taiwan Semiconductor, is possibly coming under threat from the Chinese government. So Global Foundries is a much smaller U.S.-based player in the vital chip manufacturing or foundry segment. The company is poised to gain momentum and market share as those in power realize that the U.S. must play a larger role in the actual manufacturing of semiconductors. Uh, so nearly every major chip designer from NVIDIA to Apple use foundries to help physically build their integrated circuits because the costs and time are enormous. Uh, so Global Foundry, which builds chips in the U.S. and other countries, works across the spectrum on everything from digital to analog, as well as mixed signal and some other various chips segments. Uh, Global Foundries is exposed to growth uh, in mobile devices, data centers, Internet of Things, automotive industry, and beyond. It has partnerships with Qualcomm, Ford, and some other big companies. On top of that, the U.S. government's uh, so-called Inflation Reduction Act is helping spur expansion at Global Foundry's upstate New York facility. So there's lots of uh, government push for internal or chip making in the U.S., so that could help this company as well. So this was actually originally a spinoff of AMD, uh, and it went public back in October of 2021. And the company has found a lot of success also recently, uh, even though the chip business is struggling, because it's a bit more of a commodity-focused chip manufacturer at the moment, so less of these super high-tech chips. So its chips are more used, uh, even though it's exposed to all different growth, more used in industrial communications and automotive applications and other places like that. So these kinds of chips have remained in shorter supply and are being impacted uh, less by slowing consumer tech spending. So the company topped our Q3 earnings and revenue estimates on November 8th, which marked its fourth straight earnings beat. Uh, so a good sign. And the company's positive bottom line revisions helped it land a Zach's rank number two buy at the moment. Overall, the stock has bounced around since its IPO, uh, but the company has uh, held up better than the wider chip sector in 2022. It's up about 4% versus the 34% decline from the semiconductor sector's drop. This also includes a nice 39% run since the start of the fourth quarter. And at around $67 per share, it still trades 15% below its 52-week highs and 10% below its average Zach's price target. The company also has a pretty solid balance sheet, and Wall Street's pretty high in the stock with seven of the 10 brokerage recommendations that Zach's has coming in at strong buys for Global Foundries. So now might be a chance for investors to get in near somewhat of the ground floor on a chip stock uh, 
it's certainly less glamorous maybe than the broader industry, but it could be a pivotal part of the semiconductor industry that's growing more important by the day and play a role as the U.S. tries to make more and more chips in the United States. And the last stock we're going to look at is Dexcom, which trades in the ticker DXCM. Dexcom makes uh, continuous glucose monitoring systems for people with diabetes that help avoid the dreaded finger prick while providing far more benefits. So it's internet-connected data sharing devices have grown in popularity because they enable users as well as family, friends, and healthcare providers to receive and monitor the data constantly to help make the best medical decisions. The company's systems are part of a wider connected health revolution that's really just beginning. And recent reports suggest that some changes to Medicare could greatly expand Dexcom's reach. With this in mind also, Dexcom, the numbers are just on its side, as bad as it is. Diabetes is really, really common. Uh, over 37 million Americans, or about 1 in 10 people, have diabetes. And 1 in 3, or nearly 100 million Americans, have what is determined as pre-diabetes. And this is according to the CDC. Uh, it was the eighth leading cause of death in the United States last year. And rising diabetes rates, mostly type 2, uh, are not just a problem in the U.S. Uh, about 540 million people, or about 1 in 10 people around the world, are currently living with diabetes. And some reports predict that that number could reach 800 million by 2045. So the numbers are just on its side. And Dexcom averaged about 34% sales growth in the last five years to go from about 720 million in 2017 to 2.5 billion in 2021. Most recently, the company topped our Q3 earnings and revenue estimates at the end of October. And Zach's estimates currently call for its revenue to climb another 20% in 2022, and then another 20% in 2023 to get all the way to 3.5 billion. Meanwhile, its adjusted earnings are set to climb 20% this year, and then another 35% next year. And its earnings outlook is improving uh, with its most recent estimates coming in above consensus. Uh, overall, Dexcom's stock has skyrocketed about 3,500% in the last 10 years. That said, this run does include some periods of sideways movement and downturns, like most stocks, especially growth stocks. Uh, Dexcom is down 15% in 2022, even though it surged about 40% since the start of the quarter, and it still trades 30% below its November 2021 peaks and below its current Zach's consensus price target. Uh, Obviously, it's it's far from a value play at the moment, and why would it be with the kind of growth upside there have and the potential to expand into other connected health monitoring systems? But its PEG ratio of 3.2 comes in well below its own five-year median and not too far above the broader industry that it's in. It's sitting at 2.4 times. So it, certainly the value looks better than it did when it got really elevated like everything did last November. Overall, Dexcom lands is actually number three. Hold right now, and it will benefit from the growing prevalence of diabetes, and it could expand into new connected health markets given its strong balance sheet and its rising cash levels, plus 12 of the 15 brokerage recommendations that Zax has for the stock are strong buys. So overall, yeah, the case is that the U.S. population is growing unhealthier uh, day by day, and the number of people with diabetes and prediabetes continues to climb and they offer a product that is very helpful to people with that 
uh, issue. So it could be a, a big, big growth area. And they also have the potential to expand into other connected health areas going forward. So overall, these three stocks look to be playing trends that are not just trends, they're, they're long-term societal things that are just happening that we're not going to be able to escape from. So that's the rise of alternative energy, semiconductors being still the backbone of the modern economy, and the connected health revolution and the, the unfortunate circumstance that more and more people are becoming less and less healthy with diabetes growing in prevalence every day. So that does it for another episode of Full Court Finance. Until next time, I'm your host, Ben Rains. And remember, if you have any questions, please feel free to shoot us an email over at podcast at zax.com. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.